You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Larry Hardesty, Gordon Damon for Dan Grasso. 1-800-919-3776. Getting your football weekend started with us. Julian and Chantel along for the ride. You can hit us up on social media. At Gordon Damer, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. We got company tonight. Ryan O'Halloran, the Bills beat reporter, will preview Bills Steelers at 7. And at 8 o'clock, we'll also have a, another guest for you that will, uh, you know, get us with, or get us revved up for another game. That would be Eric Woodyard. He's the beat, Lions beat reporter, so we'll discuss Lions-Rams as well. Gordon Damer, hey! Larry Hardesty, are you pumped up for Super Wild Card Weekend? I'm looking forward to a little football, my friend. With, now, with... are you also pumped up to be part of the first ever game on Peacock? Yeah! Isn't, isn't everybody pumped up to be part of the first time that we're going to watch a game on Peacock? Like the no. NFL is billing it to us? No, no, no. No, I didn't right. think so. No, just, no. But we'll all be there. Yeah, we will. We'll all be there like a we'll bunch of saps. We'll, we'll all be answering Don LaGreca's question. Question. Are you watching? Are you watching? Yes, we'll be watching. We'll be watching, Don. There's no question. We'll be, we have to. It's, 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 it's wild card weekend, Gordon. We don't have a choice. They know. Well, it's, it's, it's cold outside. The yes. weather's not supposed to be great tomorrow, I don't believe. It's, no. It's Saturday night. It's 8 o'clock. Yes. What are you going to do? Sit around and talk with your family? No, of course not. That's, <laughs> that's enough of that already. <laughs> So, in other words, we should be thanking Peacock is what you're saying. Right. <laughs> sure. You give me an out, Peacock. Thanks. Thanks. Exactly. As you heard, we'll talk a lot of football inside this edition of the Dan Grosser Show. Of course, Anita Marks, where Weekend Wager follows at 9 o'clock. But, Gordon, I got to start with the Knicks. Yeah. I was uh, a little disappointed last night. I was all ready to see a team that would extend their winning streak. I was encouraged that there was no Luka Doncic that was going to be in that game. We discussed mm-hmm. it on Thursday night when we did ESPN New York Tonight, which is our normal gig. But in watching last night, and see, you might disagree with me, so I'll just toss this out there. For me, it's not Kyrie Irving's 44. It's Tim Hardaway Jr.'s 32. That's the thing. That, aside from the start, the fact that you gave up 44 points in the first quarter, those two things are really what cost them that game last night. Yeah, as I always say, not much important generally happens in the first half of NBA games. Last night was the exception. The Knicks came out, um, I guess they came out flat, but it also felt like the Mavericks just couldn't miss. Yeah, It was just one of those nights. Now, maybe they did take them a little bit lightly because Luka wasn't there, and that was a game that you, when you're rolling, you kind of expect to be able to go on the road and win that kind of game. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. no question about it, a very disappointing performance, and it was a wild first half in that the, it wasn't like the Knicks. Well, I guess for a one stretch there in the first quarter, they couldn't buy a basket. But then they started hitting shots, but they just couldn't get stops. Right. And they were digging out uh, the, the entire night trying to dig out of that hole. They almost did, just couldn't get a mm-hmm. rebound there at the end mm-hmm. and really outplayed the, the Mavericks for three quarters. But unfortunately, that first quarter was just so bad that the Knicks win streak comes to an end. It's hard to give up 44 in the first quarter. And then continually <laughs> allow, continually allow the team to pile on to that. And once again, I look at Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, this is a guy who look. He, he's a very good player. He's been. He was with the Knicks not once but twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they know what he can do. They know he can hit the three. They know he's a streaky shooter. And once he gets going, that's that's a major thing. So, but I guess the biggest thing for me, Gordon, was and you mentioned it. It was the lack of defense. This mm-hmm. is the worst defensive effort they've had during the five-game winning streak. It's not even close. And so now you just hope that it's one game, okay? You're not going to win them all. I'm not ready to jump off the off the bandwagon, all right, because they lost the game to a Dallas team that didn't have Luka with them. And so we'll see if they – the question's going to be, how do they respond to this? Do they bounce back and put, put, put a hurting on Memphis or come back and win a road game against Memphis? Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Then we'll learn a lot about this team. Yeah, and and the schedule is still uh, pretty favorable. The Grizzlies game, you know, with no jaw now for the rest of the season. That one, um, you still have the Rockets on the schedule, the Wizards on the schedule. So there are some still some some winnable games here, and um, you get to pay back the Magic before too long as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, the win streak, it would have been nice to keep it going here. It ends now. It's time to, it's 
that winning streak and the fact that coincided with the trade makes you feel like the Knicks are a certain thing now. Mm-hmm. It's different now. It's a better fit now, and it's and and they've they've taken a step up. Well, last night's performance, when you have that kind of expectation, that's you have standards now, right? Yeah. The Knicks have have a have a higher level of standard, and last night's performance does not match that standard. They got to get back no. to that tomorrow when they face off against Memphis. It has to be a one-game losing streak for them. Right. And that's the next step. When you improve as a team, you have to be in the position where you don't lose back-to-back-to-back games. You, you eliminate a long losing streak. And, that, and you can do that by getting a win tomorrow night against Memphis. And then you go ahead and you do what you're supposed to do. You beat the teams that you're better than on your schedule, and you just go ahead and you beat them and move on. And they have a bunch of games at home after this. Absolutely, as well. yes. So, and like the one game that they don't have at home, it's in Brooklyn, which is a home semi home. Yeah, it's it's across the street. It's pretty it's pretty much a home game. <laughs> it's in the neighborhood. Yes, it's a neighborhood game. We'll get to the calls in a second. Tom Thibodeau, did you guys take the the uh, Mavericks lightly because there was no Luca? No, I. You know, like the thing is, it's like. Hey, this is who they are. They're, this team is scoring a lot of points. They're, they play fast. They shoot threes. That wasn't going to change. So they didn't change their style of play. But uh, I think when you talk about who Kyrie is, it's, you know, and they've surrounded him with, with shooting. Like Hardaway had a big night. And so um, that was a problem. And then, um, you know, so we got to do better. Yeah, no question. You have to do better. And, you know, Gordon, you are just reminded of not that you have to be because you know, but Kyrie Irving is so talented. I mean, he can get no the question. he can go anywhere on the basketball court mm-hmm. with the dribble that he wants to. He has the basketball on the string. He can stop. He can hit the three. He can drive down the lane. He can pull up. He can. He's just. He is a phenomenal player. And if you're a Kyrie Irving fan, you know it. If you're a Dallas fan, you see it. You're like. If you could only do this night in and night out, if you could only give us 70 games <laughs> in the regular season, oh, we, we would be, Dallas fans would be ecstatic. They would, re- Gordon, if he could do that and find a way to pair himself with Luka, they would be, much, they would have a really good shot at, at causing some trouble in the Western Conference. Yes, but notoriously unreliable people tend to continue to be unreliable. Uh, yeah. And uh, last night, I also thought, and maybe this is viewed through the prism of a of a Nick fan. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought the referees were every little thing with, yeah. with with Kyrie. I mean, he was getting every single solitary call last night. So he always gets up. He loves beating the Knicks. Yes, he does. So he got another win against the Knicks last night, but uh, that's in the rear view now, and uh, it's time to get back to where they were before that game. Spike is in St. Pete. Spike, start us off on the Dan Grosser show. Hey, boys, have a great football weekend. Enjoy it. Thank you for bumping this up. Uh, as is my want, uh, I have my inner circle of people I, uh, before the game start, and my theory of talking to them, which Larry was included on, and some other people that will be calling shortly, uh, we go over the game. And I said, do not put an NOV on Kyrie Irving. Well, why not? He's your best defender. Kyrie Irving, to me, this is just my opinion. But most will agree. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and Kyrie Irving may be the three best isolation. I can get my shot off. Some work harder than others. Michael and Kobe were pretty close. But Kyrie Irving works harder than anybody to get free. Give him his 40, 45, 50. Make him work hard. Don't let Tim Hardaway beat you. And the key to that game last night, all jokes aside, was Jason Kidd is a much better in-game coach than Tom Thibodeau. The Knicks were playing at a much faster pace. I'm getting used to all these new, uh, whatever they call them, these uh, sabermetrics or uh, analytical stats. The pace of play at Knicks is much faster than, than, than you know, what call them the Cowboys, than the Mavericks. But Jason Kidd's only way to beat the Knicks with Luka out was to outpace the Knicks. And that's what they did. They ran them out of that gym. I don't know how you guys felt watching it, but after about two minutes of the second quarter, I got a couple of texts, and they said, this game's over. Why is that an OB on Kyrie Irving? Why? And, and I'll tell you how that game ended up. 
the last 105, Dante leaks back out. It really looked like Ray Allen in the Spurs uh, Heat game, boy, the similarities of, of not getting the rebound. But he makes the shot 105, and then you think, and then everything that could have happened did happen, and the Knicks, they deserve to lose, no question about it. They didn't earn that win. But not getting that rebound. And why did Tim Hardaway put the ball right back up? Yeah, I know. Any play with any brain is just pulling that thing out. He's a, probably a 90% free throw shooter, close to it. But I'm sure the coach, yeah, he's a great coach, Jason Kidd. He may not be the nicest guy from all the stories, but he was a great all-time player. And he really outcoached Tibbs. Tibbs had to make the move and put Ann and Obi on, on, on Tim Hardaway Jr. because he's as streaky as you get. So mm-hmm. that's the way it was. We lost. We can't lose. And, Gordon, one other thing, too. You mentioned Memphis. I didn't know that someone pointed it out to me. But when John Morant was out last year, Memphis had a higher win-loss rate. Yeah, I do. I remember. You know, you mentioned that. I do remember that, yeah. Right. So don't, you know, that guy, what was it, the guy up front, the the son, Jackson Jr., and then uh, Bain, the guy with the Popeye arms who doesn't miss threes. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good team, with or without. Is Derek Rose still on that team? You know what, Spike? Thanks for the phone call. I'm not sure if he is. I have to check the, the rosters and look up. I don't know that he is still on that team. But uh, listen, um, last night, uh, the Knicks will be ready for them. There's no question about it. I and just think it's a perfect it's a perfect opponent. Mm-hmm. If, you, if in any way you took, your, took the Mavericks lightly because there was no Luka, the Mavericks, uh, excuse me, the, the Grizzlies now not having John Morant, mm-hmm. I think that – that makes you think, all right, we, we can't take these guys lightly. And uh, according to uh, their roster, yeah, Derrick Rose is still on the team. Okay, so he's still sitting there chilling out, collecting mm-hmm. a paycheck. Yeah, why not? And, and listen, Memphis says John Morant has been so unavailable to them, they're used to playing without him. Yep. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's a luxury to have him now. <laughs> they're used to playing without him. Gary's in Jersey. What's up, Gary? Hey, how you doing, guys? Good, hey, uh, good to talk to you. Hello? Yeah, we got you. Yeah, you got me. Okay. Well, as far as the Knicks lost last night, listen, they if you really looked at Dallas, Dallas plays a lot faster when Luka's not in the lineup. Luka's not fast. He's a lot of things. He's an all-star. He's all that. He's a lot, of, but he's not fast. They play a lot faster when he's not in the lineup. And they just shot the ball well. They mm-hmm. shot the ball well. I'm not giving up. You know, I'm not getting off the bandwagon with the Knicks either. They got a good team. I think they'll bounce back tomorrow night. I hear you, Gary. Thanks for the phone call. Look, Gordon, just for me, as I said, they came back. They st- mm-hmm. and As bad as they were, they still had a chance to steal one on the road. Mm-hmm. The NBA is such a game of runs, Gordon. I mean, you know, and, and the Knicks are kind of, even though they're better, they're still kind of, if they have a slow, you'd rather them have a slow first half than second half because it seems to halftime, whatever happens, they make adjustments and they're better in the second half, uh, you know, when they when they trail badly in the first. But really it was the fact that they had no answer for Tim Hardaway Jr. Once again, I would give Kyrie his 44. That That's not beating me alone, Gordon. Right. It, it's it's Hardaway's 32 that killed me. Yeah, that's, no that's what got me. That's what got me. Now, Gordon, this is this is tough for me. This is tough. I need your guidance on this. All right. All right. First of all, it's Trey. Trey's up next from Brooklyn, Texas. Okay. Today's his birthday. Oh, all right. That's so, wonderful. You know, we'll sing happy, happy birthday to Trey. But Gordon, I, I I love Trey. You know, you know, Trey's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Well, I sense a butt coming here though. But mm-hmm. he was live at the game last night. Uh huh. And the Knicks lost. Wow. The five-game winning streak ended with him at the game. I don't think he can watch another game for at least a week. Well, but he was at the game. He attended the game. He attended the game. Well, he's not going to attend any more games anytime soon, so he's clear. So so it's okay for him to watch yeah, the I'm, game. Yeah, I'm sure he's watched other games. It was the fact that he was in person and is just a, a, a jinx in person. And watching it at home, he's, he's, his powers are useless. Okay, all right. Trey from Brooklyn, Texas is next on 9870 ESPN. Happy birthday, Trey. Wow, really? That was a well, well, what a backhanded slap that was, Mr. Hart. Happy birthday, Mr. Gamer. What? I, what? Whatever. You know, listen, I was defending you. Larry said you weren't allowed to watch no, no. any more games anymore. I said you just can't go I to mean, them because you're a jinx in person. Now, okay. At home, okay, you're fine. Okay. Now, now, I, now I'm a jinx. 
<laughs> That's what Larry was saying. Oh, Larry was saying God. you're a jinx even amazing. watching you them. Know, I defended you. you like this. Listen, man, listen, listen. I'm not going to let you two kill joys over there. Spoil my day. This is my day. Absolutely. This is my day. Damn it. Happy it's birthday, mine. Trey. Happy it. birthday. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. What is it, 65, 66? Yeah. What is this? <laughs> How's that trip to Dallas, my friend? <laughs> Hey, listen. Now I was live at that game last night, so I'm gonna tell you what I saw. Okay, and, tell and us. let me just uh, let me just, let me let me just say this really quick to, to dispel any rumors that were on the the now X, previously Twitter, yes. as my man Larry would say. Yes. Um, Buddha put out a tweet last night and said, "Is that Trey that they're over there talking to?" Listen, man, it wasn't me. I saw the disturbance. Now there was a guy up in my section that was a little playing me a little too close. I don't know if he wanted an autograph or something. That's why I told Queen Chantel, if you want an autograph, just wait till after the game. You know, he was heckling me a little bit. You know, the, the Brunson hoodie was, you know, the outfit was crazy, Larry Gordon. You know, mm. you know, your boy had to come up there clean. Okay, I you I did. You represented. You represented. Oh, boy, was clean. Mitchell and Ness throw back the whole nine. I was ready for war. You understand? But what happened in the first four minutes of that game, lost the game. Mm-hmm. You cannot allow Kyrie to come out like an M1 mixtape, do whatever he want to do. And we all know Tim Hardaway's story. Come on, man. Yep. The dude is streakier than John Starks. And we yeah. let this dude get off. Larry, you already said it. I don't have to go into it. That's why we lost that game. And there was a, some other kid on there. Was a, they got a bunch of kids out on the even. I'm like, who are these people? I'm like, who, who is that? Is that Roy Tarpley over there? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> you, you can't keep playing down to the competition like that. We haven't been doing it. Uncle Spike was absolutely correct. Tibbs got out coached yesterday. That was coaching. You yeah. put this big, tall, linky Ananobi on somebody who is the, probably, to me, the second greatest handle in the history of basketball. The, the first was his coach that's sitting on the sideline, yeah. God Sham God. Like, yeah. come on, man. You, you, I would have let Kyrie score 90 points last night mm-hmm. if we bottled everybody else up. Yeah. It was, so- it was unbelievable, man. And shout out to Randall for hitting his free throws, I guess, man, and being aggressive and getting to the free throw line. But – I need him to play better. I definitely need an OG to play better last night. I thought that was the worst game he played since he's been here. I'm not going to kill him. I'm not going to put his feet to the fire yet. But mm-hmm. Tibbs, this is, that was Tibbs' loss last night. Tibbs, he's got to own that. You know, and, and I'm telling you, Jason Kidd walked out of there. He had a smile on his face last night. I watched him smile last night when he left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, was sad. it was sad to see that in person because I know tomorrow night they're going to bounce back. They're going to mm-hmm. play better because just like uh, Gordon just said, there's no way. They, now they see it coming now. You know, I, I, they should have saw it last night because, I, man, I had a bad feeling because I said everybody in the crowd was like, oh, man, Luca's not playing. Luca's not playing. So many Dodgers jerseys. And I think the previous caller just said it as well. He played slow. They played better with – and if you notice, Larry, Gordon, y'all didn't bring up one thing. How many assists did Kyrie have last night? I think he had 10. Did he not? He had 10 assists last yeah, night. Yeah, 10 assists. he ever drop 10 dimes? He never does yeah. that. What does that show me? That shows me that they like playing with him and for him, and they were so fast to the ball last night. They mm-hmm. weren't thinking. I watch a lot of Mavs games because I'm down here. They think a lot when Luke mm-hmm. is in the game. I don't know why they weren't doing that last night, but I wish they would have been thinking last night because they were just reacting to what the, what the defense was giving them. And, I mean, come on, can we close out at all? Julius Randle, come on. I don't know if he had too much of his mother's brisket. I know he was home last night. Got to play better, man. Got to play better. It's one game, Trey. Thanks for the phone call. It's one game. Enjoy your birthday. Yes. It's one game. It's okay. I will say this, though, Gordon. Mm -hmm. It would have been nice after uh, Ananobi wasn't working on Kyrie to switch Uh him over to Hardaway Jr. Mm -hmm. Well, look, that's a – I think – That would have been nice. I I do find it kind of hard to believe that the Knicks gave up 44 points in the first quarter and we're putting all that game on the coaching. Yeah. Not not all. I think some of the – I think some of the effort, too. Yeah, some of it too. Some of it also. It's and crazy. Ananobi was still plus 14 last night. I know. And he had, what, 8 and 10? Was it 8 points, 10 rebounds? Uh, 10 points, points uh, 10.6 rebounds. Yeah, you know. Tough night. Tough well, night. You move on. 1-800-919-3776. We'll take more calls next on 98.7 ESPN. Speaking of jinxes, maybe it was me. It doesn't seem like that long ago you and I were having the conversation about what a great job the Nets head coach was doing with that team. And since then, they have just dropped off the face of the earth. They continue to – well, they've lost 12 of their last 16 or something like that. They've just been – they have not played well at all. Nope. 
Uh, and it seemed like it was one of those things where they had the group with Katie and Kyrie and that didn't work. And then they tore it down and then they were building it back up. And it seemed like, hey, we kind of kind of hit the ground running here. Usually mm-hmm. it doesn't happen like that. Once you tear down, it usually takes you a while to figure things out. Uh, they're still figuring things out, clearly. They are. They are. And uh, they got beaten by Cleveland in Paris yesterday. Imagine going all the way to Paris to lose a Hope game. Hope they enjoyed the sights. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long way to travel to lose. Right. You could have done that over in Brooklyn or in Cleveland. You didn't have to go yeah, all the way the, over there. The, the only wins that they've gotten recently, they got two against the Pistons, which mm-hmm. not really saying much. And then they beat the right. Thunder. Yeah. So yeah. go figure that. It's amazing. Dave's in the car. What's up, Dave? Hey, what's up, guys? Just wanted to run something by you to see if you kind of got the same feel. You know, all these legendary coaches stepping down. And I came across an article today that said Bill Belichick once thought A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel were having too much fun on a Patriots visit. And I'm like, wow, can you imagine this legendary coach who basically blew off two great NFL receivers um, because of, I guess, the way they were behaving? But it just goes to show you how winning covers everything. Because right now, all these articles are going to start coming out about all these bad calls Belichick made, but it won't matter. He cemented his legacies there as one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time. But that leads me to this. Just win, just like the old Raiders owner used to say. And that's like the biggest problem I have right now in New York with the Jets and with the Giants, you can see the Knicks coming in trying to get a culture. You can see the Nets cutting their losses and just trying to get back to rebuilding. With the Jets and the, and the Giants right now, I don't care about Aaron Rodgers going to the Hall of Fame, walking in. I don't care about Dave O, so-and-so, Mr. Stand-Up Guy. You guys have like one, maybe two more years to get these teams in the playoffs and really show that you can win in New York or you're out. And unfortunately, the fans, the tri-state area is going to suffer again. Um, do you kind of get the vibe I'm on with just trying to – why is it so hard to just get to winning in this, in this culture? Everybody else seems to be able to do it. Or should I say m- most other people have a taste of it within their respective regions over the last um, uh, maybe 10 to 15 years. This is like a drought going on in New York with the football program. Anyway, I was long-winded, but I appreciate your indulgence and your feedback. Thanks. All right, Dave. Dave. Thanks for the phone call. Well, Gordon, look, the Jets is is an obvious story. They just have made bad choices after bad choices. Uh, They've had had opportunities because they've – been bad they've had a lot of opportunities to make good draft choices some of them have worked most of them have not and they failed at the biggest one lately last time which was their franchise quarterback if you don't have a quarterback it's just hard to win it's really really hard to win it starts there and then the all the ancillary pieces of offensive line you gordon it doesn't change you build from the trenches back you build from the line offensive line back defensive line back and add a quarterback, and that's how teams win. And both these teams haven't been able to do that. I like how Dave said, you know, if it's not one or two more years, these guys, they're going to get uh, fired. No, it's next year, uh, especially for the Jets. It's next year. And, and let's be honest, for the Giants, if they have another year this year, next year like they had this year, there were already calls this year for yeah. Brian Dable's job. And that's this right. was coming off a playoff appearance and a playoff win. Yeah. When nobody expected it in the world. The the leash is uh, like the old Jerry Glanville line. The NFL stands for not for long, man. you got to win. And winning build, builds the culture. You can't build the culture. Culture is not. I, I, I am a, not a belief. Oh, team cult. Nonsense. It's all not. If, if Aaron Rodgers does all the same off-the-field things that everybody says are distractions and a, a detriment to culture next year, but the Jets win 11 games, not a single person will care. Nope. Not true. a single one. But, Not one. you know, the Jets are still kind of digging out from the, the, the dynamic duo of Idzik and McCagnon, and yeah. uh, it's, it's hard to do. It is. And the Giants are still trying to dig mm-hmm. out from uh, that guy. I don't even want to name names because Giant fans will be totally upset if I do. I'm not even going to do that. Gordon and I will continue. Next, we'll be joined by Ryan O'Halloran. We'll talk Bill Steelers on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight.
We turn our attention to a couple of football games this wild card weekend, one that's getting a lot of talk around here. It is the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and for that, we're joined by Ryan O'Halloran. He is the Buffalo News Bills beat reporter. Ryan, Larry, and Gordon, thanks for a couple of minutes this evening, my friend. Good to join you, fellas. Ryan, it would appear the top story going into this Bill Steelers game is the weather. So what's yeah. the latest and how do you think it will affect the game? Well, uh, it could be really bad or it could be somewhat miserable. Uh, that's a pretty wide scale. Um, the good news you sort of kind of maybe hear is that the wind isn't going to be the 40 to 50 mile an hour they're forecasting early in the week. It could be in the 20 to 25 range, which makes throwing the football a little more doable. Uh, the problem is going to be the snow and, you know, what do these bands decide to sit over the stadium or they sort of move along or there's some stuff behind it. And, you know, I think, uh, it's, I think it's going to be an issue for people who want to get to the game. That would be myself included, but, uh, I think it could have a huge impact on the game, but if it's just snowing and there's a moderate wind, I think they can, you know, I think they can carry out most of their regular game plans. Ryan, last time we talked to you was right after the uh, firing of Ken Dorsey and Joe Brady taking over as the uh, offensive coordinator. And since that point, Bills have lost just one game, and it was that overtime loss to Philadelphia back in Week 12. Is that all that needed to be changed? If not, what else changed since that point? No, I think that it, it helped, and it was a Hail Mary by Sean McDermott. And, you know, you mentioned Joe Brady's record 6-1. and one. I think the philosophy that Joe – came in with or moved up with was a mandate says, Hey, you have to start running a little bit more and make sure Josh Allen starts running it a lot more. Uh, I think they were trying to save Josh during the early part of the season on those quarterback keepers and, you know, RPOs until they needed it, which they thought was going to be the playoffs. What happened about Thanksgiving when they needed it? So he's, he's become a bigger part of the running game. James Cook is on, uh, is on his way to a pro bowl because he became a bigger part of the running game. And he's also as a receiver. And so that, that's the main thing. They still turn it over too much, but they're the best in the league on third down. They're very good in the red zone scoring touchdowns. That said, they have spin, spun their wheels here a little bit over the last three games. You know, you, you hear nationally, well, the Bills are rolling into the playoffs. Well, really they're not. Uh, offensively, they're not. Defensively, they probably are. Uh, but offensively, they need to be more efficient and more consistent if they want to make a run in this playoffs. Ryan, how – How's that relationship on the field with uh, with Stephon Diggs and 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 Josh Allen now? You know, there's I, I always hear diva wide receiver analysts talk about, hey, you know, the, you always got to go to your guy. We always want the ball. We're always open. Are some of those turnovers just the fact that that Josh Allen has so much respect and confidence in Stephon Diggs that he kind of maybe forces the ball in a lot of situations just to get it to his playmaker? Not. Yeah, not as much as in previous years. I mean, uh, Steph still finished with 107 catches. Um, you know, I think it was important to get him going. Um, last Sunday against Miami, he had eight catches. He still hasn't had a 100-yard game in more than three months. Uh, but Dalton Kincaid has emerged as a rookie tight end. Khalil Shakir, the second receiver, has, has emerged as a, as, a, as a big play weapon. I think everything is fine between Allen and Diggs. Um, you heard during the broadcast, Steph Diggs is really frustrated on the sideline. He really wants the ball. Well, of course, everybody wants the ball, and they they didn't show anything that showed him being frustrated. So I think that is probably overblown because you just expect Diggs to act like that. But um, was he probably frustrated throughout the last half of the season? Yes, uh, because I don't think they were getting him the ball in the best spots. He's not a bubble screen guy. He is a run a deep crosser, a deep out, run a goal route. Josh Allen missed him against New England, missed him against Miami on long bombs that would have been touchdowns. So. I think last week was a positive step to sort of reintegrate uh, Stephon Diggs into this uh, passing game. Ryan, a lot of uh, some familiar names showing up on the injury report uh, in uh, before this game against the Steelers. Uh, is there any one that jumps out to you of saying that's the that that's a key one that could be an issue come game time? Yeah, Rasul Douglas, the corner, uh, he's listed as questionable. Um, he injured his knee. He actually he was friendly fire in the first half. Uh, Terrell Bernard, the linebacker. You know, collided with them. Uh, Douglas did not practice any of the last three days. And, and a Bills player this year that didn't practice did not play in the game. That said, it's the playoffs. He has 48 hours to uh, improve and get his rehab. So that's a, that's 
that's a, a big loss, but it's even a bigger loss if the Bills somehow advance uh, past the Steelers, which I expect them to do. Uh, Terrell Dotson is also listed as questionable as starting linebacker, one of their leading tacklers. Uh, you know, they'll probably pay, try and play a little bit more of a, a dime with Cam Lewis instead of Taylor Rapp uh, if Dotson can't go or is limited. But Douglas is the big injury. Ryan, we know this Pittsburgh offense loves to be very physical. You, uh, both teams have injuries on defense. You talked about what the Bills have going on defense. Can they match that physical offensive line from Pittsburgh? I think they can. And, you know, uh, one thing the Bills, their numbers are not, not going to be great as a, as a run defense because they gave up so many big plays in the first half of the season. So it's probably skewed a little bit. But I think getting Daquan Jones back from his pectoral injury, he hurt it in week five. He returned in week uh, 17. So he has he has two games under his belt. A big body inside. Maybe you see Linval Joseph, veteran defensive tackle, see him active, and then Puna Ford has come on and made some stops interior with the interior of that line as well. So I think they'll be able to match it. They just got to tackle well with their second level guys and get safety support from from Jordan Poyer. Sean McDermott uh, clearly has been uh, uh, an issue here, uh, you know, in the last uh, couple of playoff runs, some some questions about maybe coaching a little tight in some big games. How much pressure, Ryan, do you think that he's under, not just obviously this week, but moving forward in the playoffs for the Bills? Well, I think a lot of pressure. I, 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 I don't think it's win or else pressure, like maybe Mike McCarthy's facing this weekend, but you know, if they don't win as the second seed over a Pittsburgh team who's without their best player, T.J. Watt, this season is is, is a disappointment. It, it, you know, you even call it a failure because this team wasn't built to just win an AFC title. It, it was built to, to contend for a Super Bowl, and they've come up short. They've gone backward the last couple of years. This would be another step backward if they lose in the first round at home to Pittsburgh. So I think that the pressure is on McDermott um, to say, hey, he's calling defense right now. He made that change in the offseason because he felt this defense wasn't aggressive enough in critical times. So let's see how he handles some of these situations this week and moving forward if, if they happen to advance. Ryan, last thing, and we thank you for giving us a couple of minutes. And you're reporting, perusing the locker room this week. What is the Bills' defense expecting from this this Pittsburgh offense? Now, obviously, we know Mason Rudolph's the quarterback. We talked about the change at offensive coordinator for Buffalo, but Pittsburgh's had a change at offensive coordinator as well. What do you expect? What is the defense expecting from these guys? Yeah, you hit on a good point. This is the battle of interim play callers on offense. <laughs> they expect a lot of Najee Harris and you know a thousand yard rusher. Uh, you know, run to set up the play action. They have respect for George Pickens, who was, you know, who was taken out of the game against Baltimore last week, uh, but still is averaging uh, 18 yards a catch. So, that you know, if they don't have Douglas, they got to have a good coverage plan for Pickens, and they also got to be able to stop the run on first and second down because if you're in third and third and runnable in these conditions, that's what you're going to do, and you're going to make sure Mason Rudolph, if you're the Steelers, doesn't have to win you the game. Ryan, good luck getting to the game. And enjoy the game. We'll talk to you down the line. Okay, fellas. Thank you now. Thanks, Ryan. 1-800-919-3776. We'll talk a little football with you next on 98.7 ESPN. And Gordon, I got to tell you, um, <laughs> as much as Josh Allen has run the ball, I, I disagree with the whole, I think they did the right thing by cutting back on some of the punishment he was getting running the football earlier in the season. I, I thought it was a good idea. Now, Obviously, they seem to be calling more runs, and you know their running game has improved. And yes, that's just that's Josh Allen being Josh Allen. But you know, I didn't have a problem with them doing it that way, Gordon. I thought it was the right move early. Yeah, uh, because if he ever went down, they they're done. <laughs> he right. is there. You know, I, look, I think Lamar Jackson is going to win the MVP. But in terms of who is the most value, if you lost that guy. We've seen the, the Ravens lose Lamar, and they still kind of hang in there. Now, they're not as mm -hmm. good a team because he's an excellent quarterback. But the Bills, if they were ever to lose Josh Allen, they would be screwed. Yeah. So I hear what you're saying. And Cook has been a good running back. It's always strange yeah, to me that – now, he's not necessarily the greatest catching the ball sometimes. He's, he does drop some, some easy ones there. But uh, it's always crazy to me. They run 20-20, to 20 and he's running down the field, and then they get inside the red zone, and all of a sudden they got to hand it to somebody different. So – that's strange to me, but um, we're, when we're talking with Ryan, obviously knows the Bills a whole lot better than mm -hmm. I do, but mm -hmm. and maybe he's just being um, careful or cautious. Mm -hmm. If they ever lost to the Steelers, 
the coach is going to get fired. Yeah, he's done. They can't, they can't have another can't flat performance. Mm-mm. They barely beat Dol- the Dolphins last year. They got knocked out in the second round and embarrassed in the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they were ever to have another early exit, anything l- short of an AFC championship game appearance for the Bills, yeah. I think there's going to be questions. I mean, there were rumblings earlier this season. Absolutely. I mean, going if he didn't make the playoffs, he was out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was not, they were 5-5 five and five at one point. Now, look, right. we've seen other teams do that. The, the yeah. year the, the Buccaneers won, they were kind of at 500, hit the mm-hmm. right. It certainly seems like the Bills are that team this year. Yep, it does. But on the other with the side, Bills, unfortunately, a lot of times yeah. you think, oh, the Bills are rolling. That's yeah. when that's when it That's when they apart. hit the skids sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. That's when they do. That's mm-hmm. when they do. Mike Tomlin's got a tough situation going. He's got Mason Rudolph in a big game on the road, but he says he's sticking with his guy. And we'll stay with Mason Rudolph, much like in the spirit of in which we worked a week ago. We're just simply staying with the hot hand and not disrupting the apple cart. We've been in some tough circumstances. He's delivered. We've delivered. And so we will continue in that vein. Listen, uh, they made some adjustments to that offensive line, Gordon, because Najee Harris has looked like a different running back this year than he has really at any point in time in his career, the consistency. And you heard what Ryan said, and they're absolutely right. He's going to run the football. Now, eventually, Mason Rudolph's going to have to make some plays because if I'm Buffalo, I'm putting eight, nine in the box, throw to beat me. I dare you, especially if the conditions are going to be as bad as we've heard. Yeah, maybe the conditions kind of – I would think if you're the Steelers and you got – It helps you. By all accounts, no shot in the world of winning this game. Mm-hmm. Throw any throw, – throw, I want chaos. When all yeah. else fails, give me – chaos can be my way out. Mm-hmm. So give me yeah. chaos, give me the bad weather, give me the snow, give me the rain, give me the wind, whatever, uh, and, and we'll try and figure it out from there. Give me some trick plays. Yeah. Give me something they, they're not expecting. Give me, you know, whatever. So it's, it's going to be interesting. The weather's going to be a factor. There's no question about it. It's just going to be how much of a factor. If you had to pick of all the games this weekend, if I said you had to pick one underdog to win the game, Mm. I think the, I think the popular one would probably be the Texans because they're a home yeah. underdog. Take them out of the mix. Yeah, of the Dolphins, the Steelers, the Packers, the Ra- the Rams are yeah Rams are an underdog, mm-hmm. and the Buccaneers. Of those teams, who would you, who would you lean towards? Uh, this may surprise you, the Buccaneers. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. You know, I think uh, Mayfield's played well for them. Defensively, you've got, you know, Todd Bowles loves to blitz. you got a team that doesn't handle the blitz well. And they, I mean, yeah, I mean they've just that, got all sorts of problems right now. That seems they, like – They mean, could be it, another team. They yeah. lose. It would yeah. not shock me at all if there's a, a coaching change there, a head yeah. coaching change. They could lose there. And say, uh, excuse me, give me Parcel uh, – not Parcells. Give me Belichick's number, please. <laughs> right. Give me Belichick's number. Give me Bell's number. <laughs> I could yeah, see that I happening. Could, I could definitely see that happening. You know, the I only downside, the only downside to that is, okay, bring him in, but we got some stuff we got to rebuild. Like the offensive line seems to have aged. Defensively, yeah. they've aged. Mm-hmm. Belichick's not the guy you want picking the groceries. To paraphrase, not um, recently, no. <laughs> and I don't think a Howie wrote. I, I feel like the Eagles are a Howie Roseman operation. Yeah, I you agree. Know, even though he's not the head coach, he's the guy who's picking all the the, yeah. the players. He's picking the coach. He's making changes. I don't think that that's a spot for Belichick. Dallas, on the other hand. Yeah. Yeah. That w- In a perfect world, that would be the perfect spot. The roster's in place. He can mm-hmm. go crazy with that that, mm-hmm. that defense and the, play- yeah. and the pieces that he has there. Yes. It's ready-made. Get, to- get us over the top. Uh-huh. You know, uh, Packers got an outside shot here, Gordon. Against- the Packers got an outside shot. Oh my God! If he ever lost that game, Larry, <laughs> got, if he ever lost that shot. game, no, I'm not. I'm not saying they're going to win. Right. I'm not saying. They're well, look, going they're to win. they're playing with house money. I mean, they are. They absolutely are playing. They are. Of all the underdogs playing with house money, I would say maybe the Packers are the number one because they weren't really supposed to be here. Nope, not at all. And you know, listen, Dallas has got to blow them away. Yep. Because if it gets close, you start wondering, well, is McCarthy going to make a mistake with the, pl- the mm-hmm. clock management right. and all this other stuff? What gives me confidence is that I think their defense is going to be tough for Jordan Love to solve. 
That, if you sit down to that game at 435 on, that's the Sunday game, right? 435 on Sunday, and the uh-huh. Packers grab a 7 nothing lead, they get the ball to start the, and, and they Marks drive right down, down the and field. they get a touchdown right away. <laughs> there are going to be some very, some very tight shoes. Let's put it that way, down in Dallas. <laughs> it will be. Those, t- those, those shoelaces are going to get tighter and tighter. And Jerry will tell his son, yeah. What's Belichick's number? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to call the entire. Just put the first six digits in, and uh, we'll just hold it there. Don't hit send just yet. No, no, don't hit send. Right. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Terrence is in Jersey. What's up, Terrence? Hey, how's it going? Appreciate you taking the call. You got it, so, Terrence. What you got for us? I've seen a number of very disturbing mock drafts where the New York Giants take a wider receiver, possibly Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. in the best-case scenario, instead of an offensive lineman. Do you see any scenario where that makes any sense remotely? Like I, you, 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 uh, you take the tackle from Alabama who's regressed year after year, you move him inside the guard, you pick the best tackle on the on the on the board, you whether you want to franchise tag Saquon or not, I don't think they should. I think you give him a two year deal, and you go ahead, you bring Daniel Jones back, and you have a functional offense. If they don't go ahead and draft the tackle with their first pick, and they let Saquon go, I believe that the current regime, uh, including the the GM from Buffalo as well as Dayball, are gone. And we're resetting in 2025. Terrence, are you, a, are you a Giants fan? I'm a Giants fan. I root for the Jets as long as they're not playing, playing against the Giants. Giants. All right, let me Giants ask you. Fan. Okay, let me ask you one thing. You don't want a quarterback in the draft. I want a quarterback, but it's got to be the quarterback. If you, if at number five or six you're taking a third best on the board, then I'd rather go ahead and take the short thing in the offensive lineman. I mean, that's what's got us into the problem, taking a kid that's in uh, Kansas City right now who can do nothing. He's perpetually hurt. It was one of the worst decisions Kadarius Tony. in yeah. draft history. Kadarius yeah. Tony, yes. I hear you, Terrence. All right, you thanks take- for the phone call. All right, well, Gordon, I, uh, here's the thing. A, it's way too early to put any emphasis on mock drafts. It's okay. And I look, I love looking at them. I love reading when my team has high picks. I love look. Oh, what this? Have? I do the mock draft simulators that they. Have. Oh, if it plays out this way, and I'm going to go. <laughs> it's way too early. Secondly, the Giants are not getting Marvin Harrison Jr. No, at five. He won't be there. He will not be there. <laughs> he won't be there. Don't worry if about he that. lasts beyond three, I'd be kind of surprised. They're, they're yeah. not getting him at five. Nope. Um, and he said, "Well, I'd rather take the sure thing and attack." There are no sure things. No. There are no especially, sure things. Evan Neal, what pick was Evan Neal? Evan Neal was what, eight? He was eight, right? Or seven? Something like that? So there are no sure things. There are no sure things. To me, the Giants, the must thing that they, the first thing on the must do list this offseason is they got to find the quarterback long term. Yeah. That's number one. It's number one. Even if you have to move up to get him. And, and look, and if they draft a quarterback, they're telling Brian Dable is betting his coaching career on that guy. That's right. So he is their guy. Yep. He would be. Who they draft is their guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Danny Dimes is not their guy. No. But <laughs> it, you know what? If they come out of this draft without a quarterback. He will be their guy. He will. By default, he is their guy. Now you're yeah. stuck with him. Because yeah. you can't, if you end up in with a top 10 pick, the following year, whoever mm-hmm. you ain't, you ain't making that pick. No, I got a better it. chance of making that pick <laughs> than you got to make in that pick. And that would be crazy because even in the even for the Giants and John Mara to fire a GM after after what three years, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to do that. Gordon, no, he doesn't want. He wants to have continuity. That's Absolutely. what he wants. Absolutely. But if they have another year like this year without injuries or stuff like that, or it just doesn't perform well, and now, you know, and plus. The other thing in the back of their mind, Gordon, has got to be, okay, we understand that people disagree and, and we want disagreement. We don't, we don't want everybody being parrots like the head coach says one thing and everybody, yes, we just all nod our heads because that's what we want. You want discussion. You want disagreements. But to the point that people want out, uh, you got to look at, and you know, there's got to be a little conversation about what's going on with your, with your head coach as well. Absolutely.
Uh, and, and, you know, the other thing is for the Giants, what are the Giants picking? Six, seven, wherever they're picking. I think there's six. Every year you're just going to pick another offensive lineman? Yeah. Uh, you can't. The, the teams don't, don't get built with multiple top six, seven, eight picks on the offensive line because you have to find skill position players. And the right. Giants need skill position players. So to me, if they're sitting there at six, if it means that they have to move up to get the guy they want, they have to come out of this draft with their long-term solution at quarterback. 1-800-919-3776. We'll continue this conversation. We'll hear from Jared Goff and Jerry Jones. Gordon talking about uh, Mike McCarthy and contract. Mm. That's next on 987 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. It's the ESPN New York Superbox Bonanza 5. 5. Where we're giving away over $10,000 in cash and prizes. Now, all qualifiers will get a $25 Fanatics gift card and a chance at one of 10 Superboxes with prizes including a big screen TV, Nintendo Switch, MetaQuest, and more. Get your box for the big game by listening to DNR, that's DPH on Rothenberg from 6 to 10 a.m., BNH, that's Barton Hahn from noon to 3, and TMKS, the Michael K. Show, from 3 to 6.30 for your chances to win these items. Cash. $500 in the first and third quarters, $1,000 at halftime, and a final score payout of $2,000. It's all brought to you by our friends at Telemodu Iris Whiskey. For full contest details, go to superboxbonanza.com. Larry, Hard- Larry Hardesty, I used to say my name, Gordon. Can't do it anymore. Larry Hardesty, Gordon Damer, in for Dan Grasser on ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Back to the phones we go. Terrell is in Brooklyn. What's up, T? It was going on, fellas. I um I had a point I wanted to make, but before that, I just wanted to touch on the last call, and it's just so telling the fact that we are about to start the playoffs, and you got a caller talking about the draft. It's just pathetic, the state of the New York um, football world right now. But but that's neither here nor there. I just want to you know, um, really talk about the Cowboys, and I want you guys' thoughts on this because there's a lot of attention, as always, given to us, but nobody's really mentioning the fact that if and when we win the Super Bowl this year, it'll probably be the most significant one of all time. I think there needs to be a little bit more highlights there, so tell me what you think. Uh, the 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 most significant one of the Cowboys wins or the most significant Super Bowl victory? No, um, of of the entire NFL because when you take into consideration how popular we are, how much we talked about, how polarizing we are, I think that makes it the most significant beyond just Dallas. I don't know about that, Terrell. Yeah, I think that might be gone. That, I think that's you might the, be drinking that's a little much. Cowboy Kool Aid. Yeah, that's there. a little much. I understand your perspective as right. being a Cowboy no, I fan. Yeah, Thanks yeah. for the phone call, but in the NFL, listen. It's going to be the the biggest one in, in for Dallas because you haven't had one in forever. Yeah, and I mean, what a, he has to understand is one. nobody trust outside of Cowboy fans. Nobody trusts Dallas. No, nobody trusts you because you have Cowboys talented teams a lot, them. right? I mean, how many years have we been waiting for the Cowboys to get over the hump, and it never happens? I have I, I couldn't resist. Jerry Jones was on one hundred five three The Fan in mm-hmm. Dallas, Gordon. Yeah. And he was, they, he was asked about McCarthy and contract talks. And he says, uh, well, listen to what he had to say. He is the busiest cat in all of Texas. Now, you talking about a one-armed paper hanger being busy, he is that. And so the last thing that I want to do is spend any time talking with him about these kinds of things, on agreements, extension of agreements, especially when I've got one. So that's it. I've said I couldn't be more pleased with what he's done, and I really mean it. He has really made as big a difference from his head coaching vantage point as anybody could from any vantage point in the NFL. He's the big difference this year. Well, you know the real reason why he's not talking about contract with him, Gordon, in case it doesn't work out. Yeah. I would think anything short of an NFC championship game appearance mm-hmm. would got questions. You got question. Now he's done a very good job. He is I think he is a little underrated given the way people view Mike McCarthy. He's gone mm-hmm. twelve and five the last three years. Yeah. Yeah. Any team would sign up for 12 and Absolutely. 5. But the postseason success has not been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to the left. This is this is their window of opportunity. And yeah. uh, let's be honest, Jerry Jones, <laughs> he's 81 years old, Larry. Yeah. Windows of opportunity are yeah. – there's not as many on this side of the, the house. No, no, it's true. 
And see, this is going to be this is the big one for McCarthy because he's calling the plays in this one, Gordon. Mm-hmm. So he's gotten twelve and five. Mm-hmm. If he can't get them to a championship this year, like what else can he do? I don't know. He's been the head coach. He's called the plays. They haven't gotten there. I mean, it, the, the Bucks has got to stop with him. Of course, it's got to. Absolutely, he doesn't have a chance. I mean, what else? What else can you say? What is the defense for him? What is the defense? Well, the only thing you could say is if the defense somehow let them down, right? They had a lead in the fourth quarter. They blew a lead. And the def- I get that might be the only thing. A kicker yeah. misses a kick or something. I, it would be very hard. You're the tough. head coach, right? And, and yeah. it feels like it's kind of stagnated here. Yeah. And now that he's calling the plays, you know, are you going to are you going to put this on Dak Prescott? Is that what you're going to say? Well, you know, Dak Prescott had a really good year, but once again, the postseason. You know, is that what is is he going to be the scapegoat this time? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, defensively, Gordon, I don't see them. I mean, their defense is very good. <laughs> it's very. They good. have all the pieces that good. should make it work. It does. It's true. They can run. They can mm-hmm. throw. They can mm-hmm. beat you down the field. Mm-hmm. They can pressure the passer. They don't even mm-hmm. have to blitz. Yep. You know they 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 pressure with four, they have really good corners in the back. I, it's 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 they should win. I mean, it's as simple as yeah. that. They no should question. win. Yes. Michael's in Long Island. What's up, Mike? Hey guys, thank, hey guys, thanks for taking my call. So I heard you talking about you know quarterback position with the Giants, and uh, you know with Daniel Jones, I still believe in him. Um, I think the general manager does gave him a four year deal. Yes. Uh, this past year wasn't good, but who's the best receiver that he's ever played with in his career? Is it Darius Slayton? Is it like Colton Tate? I mean, he's never had even close to a number one. His offensive line has stunk his whole career. Uh, he got them to the playoffs last year and won a game, and, and all the, the naysayers about him, they love to say, well, it was the Vikings and their defense things. Oh, they were 13-4. and four. Who cares who it was against? He won the playoff game. He got them there. Um, yeah, he's had some injuries, but he's very tough. And this year... Um, you know, I, I think he comes back next year. They got to revamp it, but he should he should be in line for you know he'll be the starter. I don't see why not. And the thing is, you, they have a chance to go get a number one receiver now. Marvin Harrison Jr. is in this draft. He's not going to fall to six. You move up to three. Let's say three, even two, but let's say three with New England, who can still get their quarterback if they move back to six because it doesn't seem like Arizona is going to take one. They want Harrison, so you got to get in front of Arizona. And you will get Marvin Harrison. If you ever saw the movie Draft Day, remember it was Vontae Mack no matter what. Well, for them, it should be Marvin Harrison Jr. no matter what. Thank you. All right, Michael. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, Listen, nobody takes away what Daniel Jones was able to do last year. He led you to the postseason, as you said. But I have an issue with a quarterback that's not available. And he is he's not available. And and every injury, Gordon, what's that saying? Your injuries don't get better as you get older. Nope. You know, so they're going to he, take a he toll. He was underselling it. Well, he's had some injury. He's he's been injured every year but one. Yeah, and it looks like this is a significant recurring kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that you can count on somebody who he's taking. And I'm not shortchanging it. He's taking a lot of abuse. He has. He's taking a lot of hits. He's he is a tough guy, but no at some point he can't he can't withstand it. So, um, and they did not draft this guy. Right, it's not their guy. So they it's not have their no guy. allegiance to him. Right. None. None. Uh, Lens in Staten Island. What's up, Len? Hey, how are you? I just want to first tell you how much I enjoy your show. And together and separately, you guys are really good. I'm a big sports fan. So, Thank right? you, Len. And, Thanks, And, Len. Gordon, what you said the other night about the, the cardboard outside, even though you never see the guy, you wanted to know that you do a good job. With <laughs> I do. Sports. I do the best job. The, the, the recycling the guys, way, they, they gold medal I'm, for me. I want him to say, oh, man, this guy's great. With his He's cardboard. unbelievable. The way he folds yeah. the boxes into the big box oh, is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. But listen, the Giants, you know, Dable and Shane are in a tough spot, all right? Because I don't believe they can get up and get a quarterback. They're not going to get one of those top three quarterbacks. Uh, you know, I mean, they're not going to get 10 number ones, right? So they can't get up and get the quarterbacks, and they can't lose. So that means they got to win, you know, nine, ten games, and and somehow figure it out. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not anti Jones. I'm probably pro Jones, but what do I know? They have to decide. But they they can't get the quarterback. They and they got to win, 
And so they are, and they're not going to take the tackle because they've already drafted the tackle, right? So I think the best thing is to trade down and get difficult picks because the team needs it. But it's very tough. I don't, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens because you know they have to win, but they can't get a quarterback. Maybe they get somebody in the second round and he turns out to be good. So that that's that's what I wanted to say. All right. All right, Len. Thanks for the phone call and the kind words. That's it's it's an interesting thought, Gordon. Because here's the next thing: Daniel Jones comes back. Okay, um, if he goes down, what do you do? Again, right? Are, are you are you are you giving it to Devito? Are you bringing in another veteran quarterback? Yeah. Are you re-signing Tyrod Taylor? I mean, they got to. He's right. They're in a tough spot. And I just keep hearing every time I, when I heard him, I heard your voice in the background. You need to win. You need to lose these games. There's no reason for you to win these games. You be, Larry, I was I can saying hear your the voice. entire time, right? <laughs> how, how, how much does that win against the Patriots mean now, right? Or that win against the the, the Washington mean now? Yeah, I, I still think it, it it's way too early to know where these guys are going to slot. Now Caleb right. Williams and Drake May, it does certainly seem like they're going to go one and two. Mm-hmm. And there's not anything you can do probably to get to th- those spots. The Bears, I think, are going to come to their senses and say, we're taking the uh, the sure thing in Caleb Williams, as much of a sure thing as you can have, and we'll trade away Justin Fields. And I think Washington clearly is sticking in that spot. Mm-hmm. If anything, they might move up to say, if you don't want Caleb Williams, we'll take him. Yeah. But the quarterbacks are going to go one and two. Now, generally, when you get into the the workouts and all that type of stuff, athletic quarterbacks who kind of jump off the page, a lot of times they end up moving up. Mm-hmm. And what happens is teams that are in the seven, eight, nine range, if they want a quarterback, they're willing to move up to three to get that guy. Mm-hmm. It's not always that way, though. I don't know. The kid from uh, from LSU, uh, Jaden Daniels, who people have kind of his, his balance of running and passing mm-hmm. nice comparison to Josh Allen, maybe that's the guy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is the Giants have to do everything on offense. Yeah, I know. They got to remake that. the offensive line. They've yeah. got to get some skill position players. Mm-hmm. They got to figure out what they're doing with Saquon, and they got to get a quarterback. That's I a- like Saquon. I don't think they're bringing him back. I don't think so, Gordon. I don't think they are. I think they'll wait and see what they do. He's always he's there. He's the last of their. You know, right, he's, he's and, the and, last and rightfully so. Uh, you yeah. can replace – I mean, we see it every year. Oh, look we at this do. guy. We've never heard of this guy before. He's good. And Saquon's a very talented back, but the guy's never healthy, and it yeah, hasn't made a I difference. Know. You have so much bigger problems than that. So uh, Giants got a lot of things to figure out. And, oh, yeah, they got to get a new defensive coordinator. too. Yeah, that's right. And maybe an offensive coordinator. We don't know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. It's early. It's early. It is. Eddie's in Rockland. What's up, Eddie? Hey, what's going on, fellas? You know, I've been watching this giant rebuild since we've been trying to push Eli out the window. So what I would do is, like I said, if there's no quarterback, well, I don't even think there's a quarterback. I still don't believe Daniel Jones is not fixable. Okay, he's got that tunnel vision. If you get him off that tunnel vision, he's got all the other skills to make it happen. So... What I would do is I would trade down. You're giving Jones the year, get an extra one for next year and pick up a second. Now you have a, a mid to low first, which you go guard or or uh, offensive tackle. And now you have three seconds that you pick up whatever you need, a, an extra running back, an extra uh, wide receiver. But at least going into next year, you'll have two number ones on the board just in case you have to get into the quarterback battle. But see, here's the thing, Eddie, and thanks for the phone call. That means that you had a terrible year this year. If you're going yep. to be able to pick a quarterback that you want in, in, with, with your first-round pick, upper level, that means you had another year like this. And if you had another year like this, then there's a good chance that Joe Shane and Brian Dable are not picking a quarterback. <laughs> it's a good chance. It's a good chance. Well, just take a look at how much has changed from a year ago. If I would have told you going into yeah, this year, really. well, when the season's over, uh, yeah. Wink Martindale's going to be gone. Daniel Jones is going to play six games. Mm. Like, all the things that went wrong this year. Mm. It, I don't know that they can withstand another year like that. I agree. Now, I, I'm a big 
I'm big in favor of trading down because you see that the hit rate for first round picks and second round picks is about the same. So give uh-huh. me more shots, shots, shots at the dartboard. Uh, that's what yeah. I'd rather have. But I don't know that they can afford to 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 do that. They have to. I mean, there is so much riding on on this draft for the Giants. No question. If they feel Gordon, that okay, their thought process has to be. We're going to go with Jones this year. We're not. There's nobody. The, the quarterback that we want, we don't think we can get. Then they have to trade down and try to surround him with as much talent as possible. Build up some, like you said, build up the skill positions. Get some more help on the offensive line. Get some more help defensively to try to support him as much as possible. Because the bottom line here is going to be, you know, you're going to. He's going to be your guy. If you can't draft a quarterback in this draft, Gordon, that's he's going to be your guy. Well, he's probably going to be your guy week one of next year uh, if he is healthy. If he's ready to go, he's he's going to be on the, the roster because of the yep. contract situation. But the, the, even the contract they gave him tells you that they weren't really completely sold on him. So right. um, not making a decision, though, of a quarterback in this draft is kind of making a decision. That's kind of saying, okay, we're going to stick with Jones. That's our guy. If it goes sideways, you're going to go sideways with it. That will be now three years. You were brought in here. He was already here. You were brought in here to get the best out of Daniel Jones. So if you have one year where you make the playoffs and he looks really good and you give him a contract, the second year he gets hurt, and then the third year you're not any good, mm-hmm. just look how this year went. Yeah. Double this year. Take this year and then double it. Uh, people will be losing their mind. And if they ever were to get, if they were ever to say, you know what, we're going to, we're not going to take any of these quarterbacks. We're going to build up the rest of the team around them. And then they got into the season. And in week three, Daniel Jones got hurt again. Yeah. Or, or all of a sudden the giants get off to an Owen two start again. Yeah. You know what way that's going to go? Like I do. It, it's like you're on a game. Like Brian Dable is on a game show yeah. and he's got to pick the, the right answer. <laughs> and if they don't pick one this time, the time is going to run out. The time right. could very well run out on him, and he, and he won't get to make a call. Yeah, that's right. It's a tough spot. Giants are in a tough spot. Absolutely. They really are. They really are. We'll continue the conversation here on 98.7 ESPN.